Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm so awake right now. So awake, I can tell. We're both so, so awake. So awake. Uh-huh. This is episode... You can tell because I'm singing. I'm so oh, awake. So awake. This is episode 76 of Trip It To Me, so we're only 1,700 episodes away from 1776 when we do a <laughs> nine-hour... Uh, three-month itinerary of America. (laughs) But only the original colonies? Yes. And we'll do it singing like the musical 1776. Hmm. I have not not listened to any of that, but I will before then when when I'm 73. It'll be a mashup between the music from 1776 and Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So stay tuned, folks. Yeah, it'll... (laughs) Stay tuned for that. What are you drinking tonight, <laughs> Shelby? I am drinking um, the the honey liqueur from Jack Daniels. Oh, oh is, you're back to that. Is, I am. That's going to put you easy. right to sleep. It is drinkable. <laughs> it's, it's got a big ice cube in it. It's nice. Wonderful. I asked if you had anything caffeinated, and, and you said no, and I think that might be the opposite of caffeinated. <laughs> At least it, for me. Um, it's... It's very calming and warm, yeah. and that is sleepy. I probably should have made a cup of coffee and then put some of this in the mm. coffee. Delicious. Um, or I should have just made a cup of coffee and drank the coffee. So, um, I don't know. Choices were made. I, I feel okay about it. Okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank if you. you doze off on part th- like day three of my itinerary, I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep talking. It's Just keep be, rolling. Gonna be very boring for everybody. I'll, I'll come too. Yeah. I'll pop in and out. Yeah. You know. Great. I don't snore, so that should be fine. Are you sure you don't snore, or is your husband just too nice to tell you? No, I'm pretty sure I don't snore. Oh, that's good. He's he snores on occasion, but I'm pretty sure I don't snore. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I yeah. hope you continue that through Thank all you. your days of life. You just turned Thank you. thirty. Uh-huh. Congratulations, so I Thank hope you. it continues. I, I do come from a long line of um, snorers. Like, Don't really we all? significant. No, not like this. Okay. Like, um, I remember one year my dad was a, count, a counselor at winter camp. And one of my guy friends came back the next morning, bags under his, hot, his eyes, like a, just a harrowed look on his face. And he said these words. He said, your dad sounds like a grizzly bear chewing on a chainsaw. (laughs) And that was how he described the sound of the snoring. (laughs) That's very funny. And I'll tell you what. If my dad was a grizzly bear, then my grandma was the mama grizzly bear. Mm. Because she snored louder than any of the men in our family. (laughs) That's funny. Isn't it, though? (laughs) Uh, I think our... like. Maybe second or third year of marriage. Maybe more than that. I can't remember. We went to uh, the Canadian Rockies with my family on a road trip and stayed in like the same... It, it had like a loft and Melissa and I stayed up there and then my, my parents were down on the bottom floor. And and both of my parents are not like terrible snorers, but can snore. And it was just one of those nights where it was like, I can't hear anything besides it and it can't get out of my brain so melissa and i would take turns throwing like socks down the down the loft (laughs) trying to 
trying not to like startle them, but like softly wake them up so then they wouldn't. Right. Yeah. And they just wake up and roll over, and there's just a pile of socks by their heads. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think I've ever told them that, but. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, mom. Sorry. No. Oh, do you snore? I don't think I snore very often, but I do have allergies almost right. all the time. So my nose gets plugged up here and there. So then I will uh, snore a little bit or breathe a little Naturally. heavier. Um, Naturally. But yeah, uh, okay. other than that, no, I, I don't yet. Uh, knock on wood. <laughs> the yet. Da, 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 yet. Yeah, it just feels like it'll happen eventually. Yeah, gets the best of us. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Mighty Dry Golden State Cider. It says on the can, it's bright, juicy, and crisp. And I can I can confirm, it's, it's bright, juicy, and crisp. Uh, 100% fresh pressed apples, or West Coast apples, with, with champagne yeast. Oh. Yeah. I can, Interesting. I can kind of... I can taste the champagne influence in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's good. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a little sweeter than some. Um, yeah. Well, it's 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 juicy and bright and crisp. Yeah. This is uh, a company I keep coming back to mainly because they have a, an incredible logo of... Oop. I'll try to get the glare off for you. Oh, it is otter. a great logo. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yes. Um, so I've, I've had that a few times. I don't think I've ever had the Mighty Dry before, though. And it's good. And even the Mighty Dry is still a touch sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. There we go. There um, we go. Shelby, you have a, a segment that we haven't done in a while for us. Um, I do have a segment. Would you like to jump um, right into that? I do. Um, I have, I have my husband, Ben, to thank for this one because... I live in New Zealand, and there are bands from this part of the world that have never heard of, and um, occasionally there's a situation where you're, like, in a bar or something, and a song comes on, and everyone starts singing, and you're like, what the fuck is this song? Like, I've literally never heard it before. And they're like, oh, you had the international sensation, Dragon! And you're like, I have no idea who these people are. Like, what are you talking about? So it happened the other day. Ben started singing a song. And I went, what is that? Like, those lyrics are bonkers. And so he played it for me. And the song was by Crowded House. And uh, it's called Weather With You. Crowded House. You know, the international sensation Crowded House. Sorry, I'm I'm with the Kiwis on this one. Crowded House is a pretty big band. Okay, but you had never heard this song before. Yeah, I don't think I had. I was very confused. At first I thought for sure I had, and then it got to the chorus, and I was like, I do not. I don't know. Now, okay, have you heard of the band Dragon? Dragon doesn't exist. That's just an animal. (laughs) Thank you. So that really proves my point. Whether or not you've heard of Crowded House, I don't really care about that. But the song is Weather With You. And the main lyric in question, now this segment, if you haven't figured it out yet, is... Song lyrics that just don't make sense. Um, We've seen some really great songs in this segment, but unfortunately, some really great songs have lyrics that don't make sense. I don't get them. They're not necessarily bad, but they also... What? 
what? What does that mean? So the chorus of this song, it's all it is, is four lines of everywhere you go, always take the weather with you. Everywhere you go, always take the weather. Everywhere you go, always take the weather with you. Everywhere you go, always take the weather, the weather with you. That's the entire chorus. Now, Andrew, do you ever remember to take the weather with you when you travel somewhere? Uh, no, I do not. Right. Do you, do you ever plan? Do you like have that extra bag tucked away somewhere that you can just stuff a little bit of weather into and bring it with? No, no, I, I've never done that. I've also okay. always taken songs very literally, so. <laughs> I just, I'm like, what if, what if the person listening is like a dreary person, right? And it's everywhere you go, take the weather with you. And that dreary person is bringing their rain clouds so, and their thunder. They're just bringing that everywhere. They are bringing the doom and the gloom everywhere. So you think the songwriter was sitting down and was like, I'm going to write the song to everyone who's ever going to listen to it? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. Yes, because they were like, we are Crowded House, an international sensation. <laughs> Literally everyone will hear this song. This lyric will apply to them and we will be immortal. That's what happened with this song. Oh, they are immortal. Mm-hmm. Just like um, Imagine Dragons. Is that? Uh, <laughs> that they have a song called Immortal? <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think I so too. I don't know. So I don't, I don't need lyrics to be literal. I, you know, I can, I can take an interpretation. I think my issue is that it just repeats four times. Like that's too many times to repeat one single line. When you have an incredible then, line like that though, you just got to sing it over. And over <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. They could have said it once in the chorus and I probably would have been okay with it, but because they really hammered it home, this is a lyric that just doesn't make sense. Thank you, Shelby. You're so welcome. Thank is it Benjamin. possible? Is it possible the Dragon Band is Imagine Dragons? It's it's not actually. Ah, shoot. Um, ah, shoot. Don't even get me started on that song because the the main line of that chorus of this dragon song is if you go out in the rain, don't you go out in the rain. If you go out in the rain, we'll never have that time again. And that's that's the chorus. That's the only part of the song that anybody knows from that one dragon song. I think so, I might like that less than the weather line. I'm, yeah, I'm that, not that's sure. That's a real possibility. Huh. We'll talk about that one next time. Okay, great. Welcome to Trip we'll take a break. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break, though, because I don't want New Zealand to think I'm picking on all of their bands. No, so, of anyway, course not. Yeah, we'll take a break. This is a travel-centric podcast. We're going to talk about Germany eventually. Uh, a five-day German... Germany? I guess it's German as well. A five-day Germany itinerary uh, throughout the country. It's it's a lot, everybody. Get ready. Um, but before then, we have, we have plenty to do. Let's spread out our segments and talk about what the people want. What they've tuned in last week for, and we just couldn't deliver... Uh, this week we can. The Ted Lasso finale happened, Shelby. Ted Lasso. It's over. Lasso. Probably. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, Kaput. It, the end. The Ted Lasso show that could be called Ted Lasso is over. I think there, there's plenty of spinoff ideas 
Um, but I think Ted Lasso, as we know him, is probably gone from the show. He's back in in, in Kansas, and it's all done. Uh, yes, yes. Forever to remain. Uh, what did you think of the finale? Um, Hot take. I thought the 11th episode was better than the 12th. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some... I thought I had some better moments, anyway. I liked... Mm. I liked the pacing of this one pretty well, and I liked, it was kind of finally did what we'd been asking for all season, and it was just everyone together all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, and that was nice. Uh, Otherwise, I thought it was good. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't wasn't great, Uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked the last half of the 11th episode better than this anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, there are some really good moments in this one. Things that, like, you've just been waiting for that it's nice that they brought in for the end. Like, Roy joining the Diamond Dogs, right? And, like, that there, was adorable. Yeah, there are some good and, like, heartfelt callbacks. And then there are some very funny callbacks. Like, yes. the, the coach that uh, Rupert hired to run his club was the same coach that uh Rebecca Wilton, is that her name? Yeah. Uh fired on the in the first episode and then you can yeah. see his testicle at one point. Well, they blur it out, but yeah, a very very <laughs> some very funny jokes and very yes. uh book jokes, which is great. Yes. Um yeah. Yeah. And they they hint at some things, but they don't fully reveal anything and I I actually really appreciate that like Michelle's boyfriend you see during the game he's being quite obnoxious and she thinks he's being quite obnoxious and then when Ted gets home he's not there and so it kind of hints at it but like it could go either way and same thing with Keely and Roy and Jamie is we know that they both have feelings for Keely but it, in the end it doesn't tell us yeah that was nice who she picks and that was actually really well done I really liked that big fan and the the halftime speech that Ted gives is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the joke about Coach Beard made a uh, highlight video for everyone that he played before the game, and then they all came out crying was hilarious <laughs> to me. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, overall, like I think series finales, especially if it is that, are uh, very hard to get right. Uh, especially comedy ones. I'm not sure there are any that I can point to that I love. Parks and Rec is pretty fun, but it's also um, at the end of a their worst season, probably outside of season one, which we pretend doesn't happen. Um, and uh, yeah, and like uh, I guess the Superstore finale is pretty good. I don't know. There just aren't that many good comedy finales because they all go on too long. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I think they're hard to get right, and I, I agree with you. There are so many loose threads. I'm glad they left some open-ended. Uh, I do think there's a chance that there's going to be a spinoff for another season in some way, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. What did um What did you think of the opening for this episode? Uh, remind me. 
Um, so we're in uh, Rebecca's house, and Ted walks in. Oh. He's obviously spent the night, and then Coach Beard walks in <laughs> in a g-string. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was like a gimmick, which was effective. I'm not sure it really fit the rest of the season. I don't think they didn't really pull a lot of punches like that earlier on. So I do kind of feel like it was like their last chance. It's like it's like theater kids for closing night and you have your last night prank that you have to yep. pull and get away with it. So that's kind of what it felt like. But it was funny enough that I was like, OK, well, that that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was into it. I especially because there's there's always hints that Ted and uh, Rebecca would like could end up together um Mm -hmm. but they have a very beautiful friendship so I always liked that they kept that at bay and so that they that they joked that they hooked up was was very funny to me um I enjoyed that and saw and saw way more of Beard's ass than I ever (laughs) thought we would see yes do Mm -hmm. you um so Ted falls asleep on the plane ride home spoilers Mm -hmm. I'm sorry and then we get a sequence, almost a montage of sorts of everything that happens af- afterward. Uh, I know you like to hypothesize on these things. Was it all real? That one's hard because, like, he's clearly asleep. And I think if they had done the scene where he fell asleep and then it went into the montage and then it was like, I don't know, he was walking up the plane. I don't know. But instead, they go back to him sleeping and then he wakes up which does make me kind of feel like it could just be like the like the what ifs like yeah what if this happens and i thought that the one thing that makes me think that it was a dream Sorry, was everybody. beard's <laughs> beard's go. wedding at stonehenge yeah there's <laughs> no way that's real but but like what made it not real was that Ted wasn't there. Exactly. Like, yeah. in that scene, Ted wasn't there. And yeah. there's no way that Ted wouldn't be at Beard's wedding. Right. So that's what made me think that he was dreaming. I agree. Uh, yeah. No, I'm right there with you. So. Yeah. No. I don't even remember what else was in that scene. Everything else was, was pretty feasible. Out. And then you got to that one. It's like, what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're dreaming here. Um, <laughs> yeah. All in all enjoyable show all the way through and uh, season one's amazing i went back and watched the first two episodes last night and they're still uh way better than than anything we got this season or in season two Uh, so that was that was a nice um to come back to i don't know why i didn't do it sooner it's been a long time but Mm -hmm. um Yeah. yeah no it's it's a good series, and they get the big moments right, like you talked yeah. about, I think, last time, uh, two episodes ago, probably. But, um, yeah, and and then they some of the stuff in between really fell by the wayside this season, but it happens. We it didn't does. get a lot of closure on Rebecca's story. They, they never seemed to know quite what they were doing in that one. I guess in the dream sequence... She meets that guy outside the airport. Mm. Um, but there's so many other moments, like like the uh, 
the two girls that show up at her door last episode. We get tiny hints at that. Um, yeah, it, it, it that one was unfortunate, I thought. I like all the I, other open-ended spots. Hmm. I didn't really care for that one. I actually thought that they closed her up. Like, they closed up that storyline pretty tightly. Like, the which one? Because I think there's, like, four of them with her. Well, but I think the main story arc with Rebecca is just her getting over Rupert. Like, it's just her making peace with what happened and deciding what she actually wants. And in the last couple of episodes, you know, she had the option to sell the club. The only reason she had the club was because Rupert wanted it. And so she was like, well, fuck you. And so she had it and she tried to bomb it. But and then she decided to sell some shares to the public, but she held on to the majority. And she was like she was going to sell. And then in the end, she decided that's what she wanted. And then we get that sequence earlier on with her and Rupert where he tries to kiss her and she goes away and she's in that boardroom and she's like, you're all just a bunch of little boys. And it's just empowerment moment. So I think in a lot of ways, like we see him come full circle with his new wife and his new mistress that then come to Rebecca and she kind of shelters them and gives them advice and it's it's full circle. So I think I think the whole her whole, whole character arc is the end of her marriage, the recovery from it, the finding her footing again and then being done with it. She doesn't need another man, you know? She doesn't need to have her love life ironed out. Half the fun for her is going to be to figure that out on her own. But now she's steady. She knows what she wants. So I actually felt like that was really nicely resolved. I'll go with you there. Okay. You kind of talked me into it. Okay. I think there were... I think at times in the season, they hinted at like five other storylines. <laughs> yes, they did. But but yes, I'm with you on, on those themes for sure. So. Yeah, I think although, right at the end... Rupert they... was... Uh, <laughs> Turned into some, like, weird movie villain that I've never quite seen before. He, like, started walking yeah. with a limp and wore this trench coat. <laughs> the trench coat really got me. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, happening? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's just, like, a little devil, like, trying to, like, contaminate Nate and, like, yeah. Yeah. He's like a James Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. But mm -hmm. we did it, everybody. We did it. What we show are we going to watch next? Well, you... I've already watched it. But you did say it's hard for comedies to have a really good finale, a really good wrap-up. I'll tell you what. We just watched the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season or series finale, and they fucking nailed it. They did such a good job. So... Way to go. There you go go to them as a bit of a model for her, for how to do it. But yeah, we just watched the fifth season and it's the last season. And I can't remember, have you, you've watched some Maisel, right? I think just the first episode. Oh, just the first episode. Okay. We, we love Maisel. And last season was a bit of a mess. They kind of went helter skelter, but this helter season they really, hmm? Just singing. Oh, Helter Skelter. Yeah. <laughs> but this season, they really brought it back. Like, this season was great because the show is set in the early 60s. But we start with uh, a flash forward to her daughter in therapy in the 80s. <laughs> talking about her mother. 
And from there, it's very non-linear. So you get every episode has kind of a themed, you know, like story. And then you get a flash forward to, you know, 1985, and then it goes backwards. And then the next one you see is, in the next episode, it's 2005. And then in the next one, it's, you know, 1994 or something. So it's not linear in that sense. But as, you know, she kind of encounters these different things, the pieces of the story come together. And then finally, in the last episode, you know, it all, it all ties up really, really nicely. And the thing with Maisel is that it is like Ted Lasso. It's, it's extremely sentimental and it's very wholesome at points, not in the same way that Ted is, but there's some really, really genuine friendships in Maisel, which are really, really great to see. And they're not without their, their conflicts and their issues, but, um, you do see the loyalty and the caring and, and all of, and loving for someone for, right where they're at, exactly who they are. So it was, it was a great final season. And man, we cackled. Like there's not many shows that will get me and Ben both cackling on the couch, but uh, it was so funny. And just zippy one-liners. Mrs. Maisel is, um, it's written and produced by the same people that did Gilmore Girls. So it's really, really zippy, fast, zingy dialogue. And, like, if you're not paying attention, you miss something. So you have to just lock in and, like, buckle up and enjoy the ride. It is, casting is great. So many familiar faces from Gilmore Girls in this last season in particular. And um, what a satisfying ending. It was really, really good. Way to go. Yeah. Good job, guys. Yeah. Four seasons. Is that right? Five seasons. Five seasons, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do uh, Do you think the, the flash forwards were inspired by Lost? <laughs> is... I do not. Okay. That's the no. only show I can think of that does flash forwards, really. Or the first one I could think of. Really? Oh, I mean, yeah. movies do a lot of yes, flash forwards. They do. Have you watched Lost? Not in its entirety. Okay. The the first flash forward episode really, really revolutionary for me as a <laughs> as a like a sixteen year old kid. Saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Wow. Wow. No, I don't um I can't imagine that it was inspired by Lost, but um, I think maybe? it probably was. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You'll have to talk to um what's her face? Amy. Just Amy? Uh, she's got, a, like, Amy Palladermo Sherman? Adams. Sher- Adams? Yeah. Amy Adams. Um, no. Let's list more famous Amys. Uh, Chasing let's not. Amy. No, let's not do Amy that. Grant. That's... Good job. Thank you. Can you think of another? Amy Sedaris? Sure. <laughs> that doesn't... I'm not sure. <laughs> Eh, we'll go with it. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a mm-hmm. Shelby picks my what I did. Uh, you can pick a theme park thing, a movie, or Phoenix. Phoenix, like the bird. I want you to. I want you to spend four minutes talking about a phoenix that is a bird. This is not debated to me. I will not do that. <laughs> 
Okay, well, um, was the movie good or bad? Probably bad. I got a few to choose from. Mm. Was the <laughs> I can theme pick the park, best one. Was the theme park Disney? It was. <laughs> Talk about Phoenix. Okay, uh, I went to Phoenix really quickly. Uh, I my Melissa picked me up on Friday uh, evening. Well, no, Friday morning, late morning. Then we drove for six hours. Got there Friday evening. We're there all day Saturday, and then came home on Sunday early afternoon. Uh, and I don't think I like Phoenix at all. Uh, I think it, <laughs> it's one of my of the big cities in America that I've been to a few times. Uh, one of my least favorites. I um, It's no Oklahoma City, but it is <laughs> very, very hot. And I just don't really find it all that appealing, either aesthetically or in like things to do. Uh, we were there for a, a baby shower, which was great. A uh, wonderful time there. And then we went to a, a baseball game that night. At uh, well, I did. Uh, Melissa did something else and, and had a great time there too. And I had a great time at the baseball game. I thought the stadium was decent, not as nice as some others I've been to, but but not as bad as uh, Angel Stadium, which is the worst in, in Anaheim. Um, so so yeah, uh, the things we did were fun, but also it was a hundred five degrees, and and I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't understand how people live there in the summer when it gets to like 115 every day. Uh, That is so hot. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've been in most of the neighbor. Like Phoenix feels very sprawling to me. So many suburbs. And, uh, And I've been to most of them at this point. And they they just don't really interest me that much um there's nothing that really grabs me or that i really want to go to again uh so that's phoenix uh it is not trip it to me certified no no i i will not be planning p is for phoenix one because p is p is Mm -hmm. for you can't have a soft p in there that would that would be unsatisfying (laughs) but but also, I don't want to plan an itinerary for Phoenix. Note to self to pick a soft P sound to irritate yeah. Andrew when you're we not, do P's for. You're uh, not going to remember <laughs> six years from now. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but also, sorry to anybody who lives in Phoenix. Nothing personal. No, nothing at all. You, The people I met from Phoenix all seem like very nice people. I'm uh, sure they were. Yeah. And, and I've been to plenty of other places I like less. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah. Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for that. I yeah. appreciate that um, uh, That roasting review. Well, I was roasted there, so. Uh, <laughs> Fair game. <laughs> uh, before we get to the topic, we have one thing to do, and that is life changes. What do you think of Taylor Swift's latest uh, breakup? I I don't care. Okay. (laughs) I don't care. 
Do, do you care? Um, I'm confused. I thought she just broke up with someone and then I don't know what's happening. So, no, I, I don't think I care because I haven't figured out what's actually happening. Because so. she was with the 1975 guy. Did she break up with him? Yeah. Well, oh, wasn't okay. she just with someone else before that? Yeah. Okay, okay. But that's typically how relationships work. I mean, yeah. But I was confused because it seemed like it just happened and then all of a right. sudden TMZ is popping up on my uh, Twitter feed and is like, Taylor Swift broke up with someone. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Taylor. Now it's time for life changes. <laughs> Shelby, go ahead. I like that you had to play the song again. Um, it's my favorite part. <laughs> um, I have a pair of socks that I really love. They're knitted, like double, like it's doubly lined, knitted. And they have little penguins on the outside. Beautiful. And part of the reason why I love the socks so much is because I was at Target with one of my best friends many years ago. And we walked through Target, and as we did when we were bored or sad or happy or hungry or, like, literally anything else. And she looked at the socks, and she went, these are awesome. I think you need these. And then threw them in the cart. And then I was like, oh, great. Well, Margaret's buying me a pair of socks. Cool. And then we got to the front, and she took all of her things out and paid for them and left the penguin socks in the cart. And so... Then I bought myself socks, and that was fine. But now whenever I put my penguin socks on, I think of Margaret. And they finally have, both of them have giant holes in the bottom of my socks. And so I patched them the other day. So now they have patches. That was kind of a twist there at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you plan it that way? Uh, A little bit. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Are the patches, like... Do they match? Or Absolutely they... not, okay, no. Cool. And the stitching is ridiculous. Yeah, I like it. And they've kind of got crazy edges because the holes are weird shapes. So right. it's it's a mess, but that's half the fun. The other night, I was about to go to sleep. I set my laptop on the ground. I, I think I left it open because it's in bad shape, and that's another story. I put my phone down and then like stretched out my arm and accidentally knocked over a glass uh uh, it was a cup a plastic plastic it was not breakable um and i it didn't have very much in it and then i felt where it spilled I, i like wiped that up and thought i avoided the laptop keyboard and then i picked it up went to sleep didn't use my laptop for a couple days. Checked it last night, and just a tiny bit. <laughs> Take it. Just a tiny bit. It spilled on it. That one broke me. I'm you so really got sorry, everybody. With that one. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. It's oh. <laughs> great build up. Oh. That's great. Whew. Wow. 
Wow, only 35 minutes and we're getting to the topic, Andrew. We need to because (laughs) Germany is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Uh, You've got got a lot to go through. I'm going to be a drill sergeant. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, yeah, do it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to sit here and listen. (laughs) Fall asleep with your whiskey. (laughs) Dream up more life changes segments. Oh, man, I'm disappointed in myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, we've we've been going through the alphabet, doing itineraries. In the last few, we haven't done uh, the format that we came up with to begin this series. We've done kind of quirkier or or, um, more history, things like that. Uh, But... Germany's really big, and I wanted a full five days, so so Shelby graciously agreed, and we we will just do kind of our our standard uh, five day format with uh, with me packing way too much in the days, especially the first day. It gets it gets better after the first day. I promise everybody. Uh, but but yeah, uh, Germany is a place. Uh, G is full of places that I'd like to go, really, um, and and we'll talk about a few more next episode, I think. But um, but Germany is just one of those countries in Europe where it's like, I want to go to France, I want to go to Italy, and then Germany is one of those second tier ones where I'm like, mm, that'd be really nice. But I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. Um, so I, I was curious to research it. Honestly, when we did FS4, I almost picked Frankfurt, which would have been a strange choice because I did not put that in this itinerary. But uh, but yeah, so I've kind of been circling Germany for the past few weeks, months, however long it's been. Um, it It's very... It's not very big. It's not as big as Brazil, which I did in our BS4, but it's it's large. It's bigger than quite a few European countries, uh, and a lot of the points of interest are separated by quite a bit. the The points of interest that I'm following are very north and then south um, at the at the top and bottom of the country. The uh, let's see, it would be west side of the country if you're looking at a map. Yeah, west side of the country also held a lot of points of interest. The The things that I would have loved to get to but didn't in this itinerary include like a, a, a cruise on the, the River Rhine. Uh, there's a, we I am going to Berlin, but there's so much there that I could not fit it all in. There's a, a, an abandoned airport in Berlin that they let cool. people like walk down the runways and and go hang out in and apparently it's a pretty big thing um the uh, also in berlin there's museum island which is a uh, unesco world heritage site it's uh it's like five different museums and and one of the first places where the modern museum took form and then there's like the olympic stadium that uh the 1936 olympics were at and uh where where jesse owens the uh famous american sprinter who who's black won the race in front of hitler uh which is a pretty incredible moment and 
in sports and the world history. And then there's uh, Frankfurt, which I just mentioned, and Cologne, uh, which has the cathedral that would be incredible to see. Uh, mm -hmm. So so just a few points that I would love to get to, but didn't. Uh, flights from LAX to Berlin, which is where we're starting. Uh, round trip flights could be had for under 1000 Uh Cheapest was about 900 From Auckland, uh, not as pretty. About $2,400 in New Zealand dollars. That's about 1500 in American, so that's pretty typical, though. You're going a long way. Yeah, that is a long way. Uh, yeah, a little, I, I guess you would go the opposite way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'd go through Asia and then, yep, yeah, and then pop into Europe on the other side. Well, there you go. I wonder too, though, if you did like a flight because I know you can get like really affordable flights from LA to like UK or Paris. I wonder if hmm. you could get a cheaper flight somewhere else and then catch a train. Yeah, so I if you had a little bit too. more time, you might be able to shave down some of your your expenses. Yeah, I thought about um, I thought about Paris especially uh, when planning this out. I went north to south because south is closer to countries. I'd like to end and go to next right. um whereas north i mean it'd be great to go to some of those northern countries but i'd rather go to france or italy or switzerland so um yeah i went north to south in this itinerary but um yeah i, I do think flying into paris is the obvious one london's probably one of the cheaper airports in europe to fly into and then and then there are trains all over the place and trains are great Trains are awesome. All right. Um, we're going to start the trip in Berlin. And the hotel, we're, we're spending two nights here. Um, three, however you however you want to plan it. But at least two. There's a hotel called 25 Hours Hotel Bikini Berlin, which is very confusing. The reason it's called Bikini is it's just on top of a building called Bikini. I'm, I'm not sure. Right. Maybe it's... I, I don't know what the translation or I don't know why it's called that, but uh, nothing uh, pertaining to bikinis that pop into our heads when we say <laughs> the word. Uh, this is uh, the most affordable hotel that was in the best location I could find, but it's right in the middle of a park that's called uh, Deer Garden, and it uh, looks really nice, really modern. It's like on top of a mall so you could go down a few floors hang out in the mall lots of dining uh and yeah looked looked very modern and and fun so um i think rooms were like 150 to 200 so very affordable for being in the location it was it looks very fun yeah uh yeah there's like a, a little swing in the in one of the pictures and the room's look nicely and nicely furnished and a little different and there's a great picture of a bakery in there so yes that's all we need uh the first day is very heavy uh it probably goes without saying germany has a interesting history to explore and interesting is a kind word in that uh in that frame um so, so day one in Berlin 
is starting at the... I'm going to screw up a lot of these pronunciations. I'm sorry. I'll go with Reichstag on this one. Uh, it's now the German par parliament uh, for... Oh, I think that's how it began, too, if I remember right. And then it was abandoned. Uh, a lot of it was abandoned during like World War II. Um, and then... And then I think in the '60s they they kind of redid it, and uh, and now Parliament has moved back there. Uh, the main point of interest in this building is a is a glass dome that's kind of in the center of it that you can walk up and and around essentially. It give a pretty good view of Berlin. This is this is really kind of central Berlin, maybe a little bit north of some other things, but. But all these things on day one are within walking distance. And um, yeah, it, it just looks really pretty. And within these huge walls that look very uh, cathedral-like, there's this very modern glass silver-domed building. Um, but, but this was made in 1894 and then, and then again um, took some damage during the second world war and then uh, and then was kind of redone um a few cool things about this building uh there was graffiti left by soviet soldiers in 1945 and they've just cool. preserved that um and kept it there and the building gets by on a lot of natural light uh obviously with the glass dome but but yeah it's a very eco-friendly building so um yeah it seems like a cool place to explore it's free um and, and yeah it seemed again kind of central berlin so it's a it's a good place to start the day and and then go from there could <laughs> right. grab a cup of coffee oh, go for a wander like that's a great morning lovely uh berlin seemed very walkable uh, i'll probably touch on that more but it was yeah, it seemed walkable and, and really appealing in that sense. Um, right after that and right near that uh, is a Holocaust memorial. I believe it's called uh, Memorial of the Murdered Jews of Europe or Memorial 2. Um, they're not hiding anything in that title. It is um, very... It's not a pretty memorial it doesn't seem like it from what the, the i read in the pictures there are kind of these silver or gray uh they almost look like well i don't know they're, they're the rectangular and and then they, they just come out of the ground and it's yeah it, it looks very ominous um as almost it looks like should. protruding yeah. grave sites it like does. instead like yeah it's very reminiscent of like the shape of like where you would bury a coffin yeah but instead like they're they're coming out of the ground yeah yeah that that's a good explanation that that's exactly what it looks like to me um there's a few other interesting memorials inside of this memorial there's a a memorial to the homosexuals that were persecuted during the Nazi era, um, which is a similar architecture style and these kind of uh, the 
the, this one's a little bigger, but again, grave sites coming out of the ground, but uh, they have a little hole to look in, and then they show a, a, a love scene between, um, I, I believe it's two men, but I think it, it might actually change, uh, but it's on an endless loop, which, um, so there's that memorial, and then um, uh, there's also an open-air exhibition documenting the history of the victims of the Nazi euthanasia program. So, uh, yeah, not an, not an easy morning to get through mm. on the itinerary, but um, I, I feel like it'd be a disservice to go to Germany and not explore at least parts of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the meals for that day is... Um, a Jewish deli named Mog, uh, M-O-G-G. It's inside of a, a giant building, and, and yeah, it's, it's a Jewish gel- deli uh, specializing in pastrami, and, and looks great to me. So, um, yeah, it, it seemed like a, a fun place uh, to go have a meal. Uh, Mog is housed in an old red brick former Jewish girl school, Um it was designed in 1927 and and yeah it um looks like a kind of a the the inside looks pretty modern and and everything so yeah um after that we kind of turn from one tragedy to another and spend the afternoon around the berlin wall um which is a very i mean interesting piece of history uh, I think I read um, only four to four to five percent of people that tried to get through the Berlin Wall made it. Uh, yeah. Over a hundred, yeah. I think it was over a hundred fifty people died in those uh, about thirty years that it was erect. Um, and yeah, uh, so kind of a nightmarish uh, dystopia in a way where. Families are separated for 30 years, and, and there are people committing suicide in between these two walls. And, and yeah, just a, a terrifying way of life that I can't even really begin to picture. Uh, one, of the, <clears throat> one of the most celebrated parts of Berlin was in between these two walls, and it's called the Brandenburg Gate. Uh, it is... Now, I, I mean, it looks very, um, it looks very European. It looks very, uh, almost kind of like it belongs in Athens or something. Uh, mm. The big columns and, and and beautiful statues and yeah, it's gorgeous. And now it's kind of seen as like a, a symbol of hope and peace in Berlin and a, and a great meeting place. It's it's right again in the middle of the city. It's made of sandstone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just beautiful, a uh, great place to walk around, I think. Um, mm. yeah, there's tons of history here that I won't get into, but, um, yeah. And let's see in 18, uh, so people couldn't get to it for as long as the walls were erect. So from 61 to 1989, um, yeah, you couldn't get to it. And then, so that, that gate became a symbol of reunification. So. I didn't realize it was so old. Yeah. I mean, Incredible. it makes sense with the style of the architecture, right. Right. but 
Um, yeah, I feel like you, you hear about the Colosseum, you hear about, like, the Parthenon, like, you hear about these other, like, architectural feats, but this one is one that was much less known to me, so that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was built 1788, or 1791, there's, oh, between those two dates, there we go. Hmm. I think it was, yeah, inspired by those places that you mentioned um the acropolis and all that so um yeah definitely would want to go there a going back to kind of world war ii history right after that all of these places are it's crazy to me that all of these places are within like a 15 minute walk of each other uh, mainly because the horror (laughs) that they all tell I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next spot on the list is the topography of terror. Uh, it is a place... Um, <clears throat> here, I'll just read. Uh, where terror is tangible, a place of remembrance and a warning from history, the topography of terror exhibition is located on the site where between 1933 and 1945, the principal instruments of Nazi persecution and terror were located. Uh, the headquarters of the Gestapo, the High Command and Security Service of the SS, and from 1939, the Reich Security Main Office. So so these buildings were of uh, major significance in, in World War II. And, and now they they have one, uh, again, from, from what I've gathered while reading, they have one main exhibition that stays there and then kind of rotating exhibitions throughout. Um, I believe this place was also free. I don't think any of the places I mentioned so far costs anything to visit. Uh, yeah. So that that's great. And yeah, uh, again, a very sobering place to go. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have a whole lot to add. It, it, yeah. it, it doesn't sound like a very fun day, um, <laughs> but also... Um, seems like a place all, all these places I would not want to miss too um, so it's hard to balance all of that if you want to spread them out over a couple of days or mm. if you want to just go to all of them so right it would be a lot for one day but <coughs> I think you're absolutely right in that you you can't go and not remember and right. not learn you know yeah I mean we're nearly 70 years 80 years removed yeah there we go 80 years removed from world war ii and i mean when i think of germany that's mainly what i think about um so it's it's hard to um separate them uh rather yeah. whether that's fair or unfair or, or mm-hmm. what um it's hard to separate that history not that i think that of the german people now of course but yeah. but just the again the history of germany is is so um integrated in my mind Mm. and Uh, you know you said we're 80 years on but we're we haven't learned all of those lessons yet no of course not you know like yeah it's been 80 years it's been a lifetime but there still are nazis and there still are you know people that would harm other people and so i you know, I like um, the topography of terror. You know, it says that, you know, it serves as a warning. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. 
that it's not just, you know, oh, this is interesting, this is history, but it's, you know, so many of these sites that we see. And even when we talked about, um, you know, the, the Peace Garden and the Peace Memorial in Hiroshima, like, it serves as a warning. It's yeah. not just remembering, you know, it's like we have to do better than this. So I do appreciate that angle that they're coming at it from. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last stop I have for this day, uh, as far as history, uh, is the Berlin Wall Memorial. This is now, I believe it's now the longest strip that's still standing um, uh, of the Berlin Wall. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's where the documentation center was during the Berlin Wall for people that came from, I hope I don't mess this up, from the west side, they could go to the east side and visit, but people from the east side could not. Uh, I think I think that's the right directions. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, just uh, the longest stretch of wall. There are other marks of, uh, of the wall throughout Berlin, obviously. I mean, it hasn't been gone that long. Um, there's a section of the Berlin Wall that has been uh, graffitied, but I don't think of that word in a derogatory way in this mm. in this sense. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's been painted and there are murals all over it. Um, in a park that I'm going to talk about tomorrow, there's a there's a brick uh, bricks that go through the park that would mark where the where the wall was. Mm. Uh, and then there's also a, a spot called Checkpoint Charlie, which is where again some of the documentation would happen. Um, so, so yeah, this is uh, just another another remembrance, really. Um, and there's yeah, there's there's a good bit of the wall. I can't. I'm not seeing it in our link how long it is, but um, but yeah, it, it's the longest stretch that's still standing. So. Wow. Which is strange to think about any of it still standing, but uh, but I guess in some areas, like there's probably not a whole lot of reason to tear it yeah. down. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. After all that sadness, we need to finish the day with pastries. And yes, yes. I yes. have oh, uh, do I'm I, maybe that feels sure. okay to me. Uh, lots of pastries, lots of desserts. Uh, this place looks incredible. Uh, macarons in the are in the main picture on the website, and yeah, I you, you just need to go eat some sweet things after after all of that. So I would buy one of everything. That would be incredible. I think this would be the one of the rare situations where you go. I. Just want one of everything, please. One of everything in the cabinet. And then you pay so much money. Just take my money. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are plenty of good places to eat in Berlin. It's huge. Uh, curry wurst is a dish that kept popping up, which is uh, bratwurst served in kind of a, a brown curry. Uh, I would like to try that. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't put down a ton of restaurants in in this itinerary uh just because it's kind of all over the place but having said that the next day starts with a breakfast spot because 
Uh, this is a Shelby day, I think, without Yay. me really planning it that way. Um, <laughs> this place is called Zeitfjordbrot. Sure. Uh, sure. And yeah, it's a bakery and it looks wonderful. So It does. Um, yeah, lots, lots of good stuff. This is, again, in that same area. And much of the day is in that same area. Right after that, we're going to go to the zoo. Um good we're gonna do some walking because we've just had more bread and carbs than we've ever had in our whole life <laughs> absolutely after you bought all of those one things. of everything yeah because i'm pretty sure at this bakery in the morning i'm gonna do exactly the same thing <laughs> um the zoo was a was a intentional to choice here because i did not want to go to a bunch of museums after the previous day <laughs> but uh, if if that doesn't wear you out then Museum Island might be the good way to go here, or, or, some place outside of, um, outside of the zoo. Uh, but going to see a bunch of animals sounds pretty great, and this this zoo has two of my favorites being giant pandas and polar bears, uh, so it was hard to pass up. Um, there's also hippos, uh, I think 200 plus animals and. It's been a while since we talked about a zoo on this podcast, and it's it's time. It's time. So, um, yeah, there you go. The Berlin Zoo. It is again kind of right in the middle of the city. It's all within walking distance of that hotel uh, that I picked, which is incredible to me. Um, and yeah, go have a great morning at the zoo, and then from there, I think it's kind. The zoo's kind of on the outskirts of this park might flow into one another but but this park is called Tiergarten um, again where where um, where our hotel is located and a bunch of hotels it seemed like uh, the the website I have linked in our show notes uh, relates Tiergarten to Central Park in New York uh, wow. the, yeah there's um, there, there's Royal uh, maybe it I don't know. Um, at one point, there was royal hunting in the park, which oh. kind of crazy. Um, which means it's big enough for like wild animals yeah. to like. That's how yeah, they got the zoo. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's where the giant pandas come from. <laughs> uh, it does seem like the park was badly damaged during airstrikes in the World War Two, and then they've they've rebuilt since then. So there's memorials in the park. Um, there's also a big English garden and a beer garden. Um, go yeah. check that out. Um, yeah, the gas lantern museum, which I love it. I love a light fixture. So you do. Um, yeah, that it all. Really, this is this is again very close to the Parliament Building and and all of those. So, um, yeah, you you could combine these two days in different ways if you so chose but uh yeah just a nice stroll around the park after a nice stroll around the zoo it's a very leisurely walk around day and then right it really is a shelby kind of a day yeah i was trying and then the for the evening i have down uh the pots dahmer plots plots maybe i don't know uh plots or however you say it in German is Piazza, I think, or or Plaza in English. So, um, 
this area was again badly damaged during both events really and then and then has been rebuilt and is very modern now uh skyscrapers and all of that it has has more nightlife than uh other places in berlin it seems um there's a there's a film house or a cinema uh built by sony in this area which sounds great to me apparently Mm -hmm. this is where the first traffic light was ever built Wow! Um, so you could go see that and then there's lots of food and and probably beer i would guess um (laughs) all around um yeah it sounds like a a great place again to wander go shop if you want to go to museums there's plenty around here too so um yeah there you go okay what's what's your opinion do you think it's more um like interesting and like classier to call it a cinema or a film house because i kind of like film house film house film house (laughs) uh i don't know cinema is so classy though yeah cinema is very hollywood but film house is like i'm gonna go watch foreign films film house feels a bit pornographic to me but if i get past (laughs) if i get past that then right, I, I see okay. where you're coming from. I can I can see that. I film, can see that. Maybe classy is not the right word. I think cinema is more classy. Film house might be just cooler in general. Mm. Mm. Huh? Like there'd be like couches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, now that you talked about the porn house, I just thought... <laughs> I, I think maybe so sorry you're right. to, so mm. sorry to ruin that for you. No, that's all right. No, you you make a valid point. <laughs> You make a valid point. Maybe we'll stick to cinemas for now. Okay. Yeah. Cinemas sound classier than theaters for sure. I think Film House does too. Oh, well, it's all about how you say theater because it's uh, the theater. That's (laughs) That's just pretentious. That's just as classy as you can get. That's like, that's old money. That's not new money. That's old money. (laughs) Very good. Very good. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah. That's our time in Berlin. As I mentioned before, um, there were like four other, five other major things that I would have liked to do, to do, but I have run out of time. So flight to Munich somewhere in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is not a long flight. It's a little over an hour. You could take the train if you have more than five days, and Lord willing, you have more than five days. Um, the The train ride was about eight hours, but stops again through some uh, places that I'd really like to go. So uh, you could make this much longer if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Munich had a few, again, I I took it much easier after that day one, mainly because my brain hurt from even thinking about going to all those places in a day. Uh Um, So Munich, I I have, again, more of a, a strolling around day. And that starts in the English Garden which is gigantic from what I can tell. It looks uh, huge. Yeah. Uh, they, they measured it in a term I was unfamiliar with. Um, hec- hec- oh, hectares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? Um, oh, what is the breakdown? Um, hectares, I, like, I don't know if it's like metric. Yeah, or if it's a metric unit of square measure equal to a hundred acres. No, so one hectare is two point four seven acres. 
Why did why did it say that? Oh, yeah, I, I see that yeah. now. Oh, okay. I'm confused at the at the Wikipedia. Yeah. Entry. Okay. Um, yeah, two point four seven one acres, and this is three hundred seventy five hectares. Uh, so that's that's almost Whoa. that's almost a thousand acres. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Which is a, about a thousand football fields. Yeah. Cool. That's, um, there's a lot. There's a lot to do here. Obviously, it's very big. Um, a thousand football fields. <laughs> you can have a thousand games of football going all at the same time. Incredible. Amazing. Shelby's dream. Uh, <laughs> I'd get hit in the head by so many balls. <laughs> do you think that happens at every football game? That you ju- that people are just getting hit in the head by football? No, we we've had this conversation. No, I know, I know. I get hit in the head with ball. It's ju- it's not a sports thing. It's a me thing. Yeah, I I, I know. There's a but gravitational pull. If you went to like a college or NFL game, a football. I don't think you'd get hit in the head, but maybe. We're going to go someday, and I'm going to get hit in the head with a ball, and you're just going to be like, And I'll be so impressed. And then I'll just be completely concussed and drooling, and it's going to be fun. It it will be so much fun when you're drooling and concussed. So much fun, yeah, and concussed. Uh Uh, A few points of interest in the English gardens in Munich are the mono. Monopteros? Monopteros? Monopteros. Monopteros. Monopteros? Maybe the P is silent. Maybe it's a soft P. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, This temple-like round building was inserted into the park in 1836 and gives a panoramic view of Munich. That sounds great. I, I think it's towards, like, the... I mean, it's clearly one of the highest peaks in Munich, so um, it's very pretty. Again, very, uh, it looks very Acropolis inspired. A very, uh, but the but the top of it d- does look a little more Asian. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Um, there's also a Chinese tower, which is a pagoda, and then a Japanese tea house. They have a lot of festivals throughout um, throughout this park, especially in the summer. There's uh, there's weirdly surfing at the park. Uh, people surf that. in the river uh, because there's yeah there's waves in the river. I did not know this was possible, but I'm excited about it. Uh, I don't think I will surf, but I would love to watch someone surf in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also just go out on a pedal boat uh that would be great too um yeah uh it it just seems i mean you could wander around this all day if you wanted to it looks very pretty very uh, peaceful pristine so um that is one stop in munich uh the restaurant i have down in in munich is a bavarian place because we haven't had any of those yet and that seems like a must and it's called the schneider uh brew house um and yeah it's just very uh, i I think you kind of picture bavarian Mm -hmm. food and and this is what you picture kind of a lodge type atmosphere and then 
lots of beer. Um, the, 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 how I found this place was, I think it was a timeout article, but they were like, this is one of those places where you have to go get beer for breakfast. And that is new <laughs> to me. And that doesn't sound very good. I but... was just about to make a joke that like, oh, good. They open at 9 a.m. We could get a beer straight away. I but was I th- literally was just going to say that. I think that's what people do. Um, yeah. And... When I was in Spain, I saw people drinking red wine for breakfast. Hmm. So. And you don't live there? I, I honestly thought about it. Tried very hard. <laughs> Uh, you ended up in a good spot. You, I did. I um, did. Yeah. No, go eat a lot of meat and drink a lot of beer here. I probably wouldn't choose the 9 a.m. beer, but if if you want to really embrace the lifestyle, more power to you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, we'd have to. We'd have to once. Okay, fine. Come on. And wandering around that park after like two pints of beer... At 11 a.m. Dream come true. (laughs) I feel bad just talking about it. And then finally, you could use this as a jumping off point. You could just go here and and enjoy the surroundings, the people. Uh, It's called Marion Platz. Again, kind of a a plaza uh, in the center of town. Just a square. And then there's so many things around here. There's... There's a uh, cathedral that has two domed uh, roofs uh, that is pretty famous. There's a glockenspiel um, that people go visit. This this uh, city center has been around since 1158. So things have just kind of sp- uh, sprouted up around it over the last, oh boy, like nine centuries. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. Um, yeah. Main points of interest, again, probably the glockenspiel. I mean, I, I want to go see that. It yes. has It has 43 bells and one of the largest in the whole world. Uh, congrats to them. So when I read this little blurb on the website, you yeah. know, it says... There's always something going on, the Christmas market. And then I read it. What it says is the Glockenspiel, comma, championship celebrations for FC Bayern or public. The way that I read it was the Glockenspiel championship celebrations. (laughs) And I was like, people are competing over the Glockenspiel. I want to be there for that. We can start that. The Tripit to me Glockenspiel world championship. And it's in Munich. And they'll just fly us out. Yeah, you guys need to get on this because there's really a missed opportunity with how, the Glockenspiel Championship celebrations. How are your like live broadcasting skills? Would you? Um, I think that we would be completely deafened by the forty-three bells, but um, I think it would be worth it. And I think that like real-time recording would just be a delight. Absolutely. Between yeah. the the forty three bells and the nine a.m. beers, I yes. cannot imagine the headache. I would it's have. gonna be incredible. Oh, sounds Get great. that we're coming for you, Munich twenty twenty five. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I have to say this for my wife. There's a reading room in the law library that's reminiscent of Hogwarts. Uh, Wonderful. So we absolutely would be going there if uh-huh. if Melissa and I were there. Uh, Again, there's also some very, very, very old 
churches and cathedrals here. So, again, kind of a jumping off point, kind of a get here and and do what you want to do uh, area, which I always like in cities. That's how some parks feel like to me, um, whether that's like Stanley Park in Vancouver, or I've talked about the West Coast parks that I love, and I haven't gone to a ton of other parks in the world, but but I think these city centers or or um, or city parks or things like that kind of are, are a great spot to get there, especially if you're in a group and be like, all right, everybody go do what they want. Mm-hmm. And, Meet and, up at lunch. Yep. And that's wonderful. Absolutely. So that's Munich. Uh, there's there's a lot more that was interesting, but it did not seem nearly as popular as Berlin. And the very, uh, I mean, I researched for four hours or so, but in, in that minuscule amount of time, it didn't seem nearly as popular. It is the capital, I believe. There is... Uh, I can't remember. Hold, now. please. Hold, please. Um... Yeah. The next two days are... Berlin. Berlin's the capital. Yeah. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Um, the next two days are very uh, fairy tale-esque. Uh, when, in, when in Germany, I think you have to do a little bit of that. Um, we're going to start the next day. If you want to go stay somewhere near these, these two castles that we're going to go to... That'd be great. Um, probably would be a little bit uh, easier for the rest of the itinerary. Uh, the first one that I have down here is uh, is the Linderhof Palace. It uh, both of these places. I'll, I'll say now you need to be a part of a tour group to get into the grounds. Uh, but this one looks really pretty. Um, Challenge. Accepted. Yeah. That's all I have to say. It, so so you're not going to be a part of the tour group? I'm going to be a part of the tour, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to be sneaky about it. Oh, okay. That's, that's going to be half the fun. You're going to be a part of the tour, but you might not be paying for the tour. Exactly. Like, you just kind of wear a disguise, and then, like, partway through, you, like, turn your jacket inside out, and so, you know, Maybe whenever they go to, like count head yeah exactly and whenever they like go to count heads you just kind of like move a bunch so they can't ever get like a real number count and you can slip off then to other rooms and Mm. yeah i think it's gonna be a great time that sounds great we could also start like our own tour group the tributumi tour and we're the tour guides oh my uh, gosh but based on the also live broadcast while we give the tour absolutely based on the people that have paid for our subscription service that's I think, wonderful. I How think, many people have do you think would pay for that? Yeah, probably probably about the same amount as the subscription service. Right, right, service. right. As our current subscription service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, good. So, That's good. So we'd probably have a great time, you and me. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd go um, get yeah. drunk in the butler's kitchen and yeah, mm-hmm, that'd be great. Yeah. The butler has his own kitchen, huh? Well, because it's like his office, really. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Poor butler. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just got to hang out in the kitchen. It's tough. Um, the grounds here look really pretty. The palace doesn't look quite as grand as the next place, which is maybe the most famous castle in the world, so that's probably not a fair bar to put it up against. 
But they were close together, so I was like, might as well throw this one in, in true Andrew fashion. Um, can, you, uh, can you please say the name of the next castle? I will when we get there. Okay, because I just really want to hear you say it. Have I been practicing? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, this was built in... Uh, oh, He made plans in 1868, and then I think it was... His house was built in 1869. Oh boy, what a history this has. Just just tell me. Come on, guys. Uh, 1874. There we go. And that's of the entrance. So uh, somewhere along the way, they, they built this beautiful palace. There's a picture of the inside at the bottom of our link, and it is uh, everything you want a palace to be. Uh, maybe the, the biggest chandelier I've ever seen. Um, so much gold and, leaf. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you, if you had a palace, which you will someday, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you, do already. Oh, <laughs> you never told me. <laughs> a lot of gold leaf, or would you go more vibrant colors? Um, I think I think we'd have the gold room, hmm. and I think otherwise there wouldn't really be a whole lot of gold. But in the gold room, it would be like decadent and ornate and like it would just be outrageously over the top but just in the one room okay Mm-hmm. Like what about it. you um no i would i would fully embrace the gold leaf <laughs> right every room <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh-huh. uh gold just leaf all over doorknobs and gold leaf chandeliers and candelabras and things on the walls and just everything yeah. Mantelpieces. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, like, one room is just wood, and then the rest <laughs> is all a gold leaf. With, like, really uncomfortable furniture. Like, there's no cushions or anything. Yeah, it's just, like, this wood This poor benches. butler just keeps getting the worst offices. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, not the, that's not the butler's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that, like, the timeout room? I don't have a butler. I have five wow. butlers. <laughs> How progressive. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. The bad butler gets to go into the wooden room. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> uh, from there, and this is only about 45 minutes from this place. Uh, this is the driving portion of the itinerary. The last two days, uh, we are going to the most famous castle in in Germany, Uh Neuschwanstein. Wow, that was good. Thank you. Did you know how to say it and just wanted to test me, or no? Oh, okay, okay. Uh-uh. I, I thought I thought maybe you were just I excited mean, about what I'd end that, up with. That does sound something like something I would do, but no, maybe. I didn't know how to say it. They're not that mean when it comes to pronunciations, because you that's know true. you have yeah. to do them sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Neuschwanstein is. Uh, possibly the inspiration for a lot of the well uh, like the Sleeping Beauty Castle um, both the movie and in Disneyland Uh, it is absolutely absolutely beautiful it it seems to spring out of nowhere uh, out of these trees and, and depending on when you go uh, maybe the hillsides are snowy, maybe they're just green or, or fall colors or whatever. Um, yeah, this is 
this is a beautiful castle. Uh, there are a couple things I'd like to do here. One, if you're going this far, I'd, I'd want to be able to uh, go inside the actual castle. So oh, getting in, yeah. in on a tour group and, and exploring the whole thing. I'd be way more interested in this one than the last one if you if I had limited time and, and was trying to save money or whatever. Um, so going inside. And then there's a bridge... Uh, and in the link I have, it's on the kind of hidden by the by the cliff on the left. But there's a bridge that looks down over the castle, mm, and I would like to spend right. a good amount of time there. Because um, I was just wondering where that view was coming from, and like, would it be disappointing to go? But after seeing so many photos with that particular view, like, would it be sad to not get that view yourself? So that's great that you can. You know, that's not from a helicopter, you know, from the yeah. air. Like, that's from a structure you can get to. Yeah, it's... Uh, the. I've seen pictures from the opposite side of the bridge, like looking up at the castle and then the bridge, and, and that is very pretty as well. But, but yeah, going and... I, I think you can drive across it, or maybe it's just walking now. But, but, uh, but yeah, there's a, a very pretty and seemingly old bridge um, Melissa's <laughs> actually gone and seen this castle and and has been on the bridge and and said it was amazing so um, wow yeah I would I would love to do that and so and cool. seems seems well worth the, the the even if you're just coming from Munich and doing like a, a day trip that would take about an hour and a half to get to the castle I decided to keep going but um, if if you're in Munich, this is something that shouldn't be missed. Um, mm. Yeah, I I would love to go see this. How do you feel about visiting castles or or adding them onto itineraries? I know you're a little cathedraled out in your mm. in your life. Um, yeah, but castles feel different. Maybe I'll get to a point where. You know, it's like, oh, you've seen one castle, you've seen them all, but like at this point, especially I'm not. if you own one. Yeah, especially if you own one and you have five butlers, but like at this point, like I want to see the castle, especially one like that. Like it really looks spectacular because I think it's also like, you know, it's it's like visiting Versailles or yeah. you know something like that. Like it's not just like the Capitol building. It's not just like a political entity. It's also like people lived there. And it's also so outrageously decadent that you won't see anything like that in your life ever again. When we were in Williamsburg, we went into like the governor's mansion. um, And that had a lot of like really ornate, you know, gold leafing. Hmm. It was bright colors because, you know, when you're trying to see things by candlelight, you don't want dark walls, you know? So like, very, um, very ornate, not like any other mansion you'd ever see, but nothing, absolutely nothing even like this or even on the same scale as something like this. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I agree. Castles are really interesting because, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure, uh, like in, in different countries, they serve different purposes. Mm. It seemed like in some, they were just like places that really powerful people wanted built and then in others they were like fortresses to to keep people out or or something like that so i think the different culture 
use of castle is pretty interesting. This mm-hmm. one is so ornate and, and just gorgeous. The, the I meant to mention the I think his name was Ludwig, which feels very stereotypical to me. But uh, he he wanted the castle built. They started construction in 1869, planning for it to be done in three years. And then he didn't like it enough. <laughs> so they just kept <laughs> kept trying to improve and change it. And he died before they finished in 1886. Oh, so um, sad. Yeah, yeah. So 17 years to build, though. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if, like, if you pay, like, ridiculous amounts of dollars, if you could stay the night in one of the rooms in the castle. Everything I read said no, Mm. but I bet everything has a price, right? Everything. You just would have to, like, know the guy who knows the guy who knows the butler. Yeah. And, like, certainly, you know, everything has a dollar amount attached to it. A lot of butler talk. Lots of but lots of butler talk. They make the world go round. Do they? Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. you know? <laughs> Don't you know? Didn't your childhood butler, you know, make your world go round growing up? You just kept everything together? <laughs> You're very confused about who I am. <laughs> <laughs> from, from there, uh, the rest of the day is spent driving. I don't know how I'd, like, personally, how I'd play this day. Part of me would want to be at um, at the castle for like either sunrise or sunset. Um, maybe you go do sunrise there and skip the first castle or the palace altogether, and then and then just hit the road once you feel like you've seen enough. I I'm not sure how I do it, um, but I don't really think there's probably a bad time unless it was just really really gray and rainy uh, to mm. see to see it so um from there we're driving to lake constance mainly to stay the night but the more i read about this place the more i was like oh this sounds great uh just a just a very beautiful lake with the swiss alps right behind it so uh you're very wrong yeah you're very close to the switzerland and france border at that point uh and and you're at the most one of the most southwest yeah, southwest points of Germany. Wow. Uh, and then day five, I have two things down because I could not choose. Um, I'm going to follow my heart uh, and go to Europa. Before I do, the Black Forest was the other option. And mainly the reason I'm not picking it is because one day is not enough for the Black Forest. Mm. Um, you could... You could like drive through it and spend like three days. It seems like it is huge, and looks absolutely incredible. So many like Bavarian villages, some wine tasting, some just beautiful valleys, and then, uh, I mean, all all the fairy tale whimsy you could imagine. I think. Uh, Give so, me the whimsy. So, uh, if if I was actually doing this again. Black Forest is probably the choice, and I would probably stay two extra days. But I have restraints to pay, to play with. Shelby's making <laughs> me go really fast, and and I just have to keep going. Right, because I really would have objected if you had just added on another day yeah, so you could properly are, do the Black Forest. There are rules here. There are rules. I would have just made you 
you know, I don't know, do something silly or or sacrifice something. But it, it's fine. Wow. Mm-hmm. One of the butlers. Um, <laughs> you don't need five, Andrew. <laughs> Europa Park is one of the... Well, it is the biggest theme park in Germany and one of the biggest theme parks in all of Europe. It is a cross between like a roller coaster park and Epcot. So it, it has all these okay. pavilions of all the European countries and food from, well, food inspired by all of them. You can go eat at all of these places and and then you could go ride some scary roller coasters or maybe like a slow boat ride and then go back and eat some more food and it sounds great. Ooh, water water park. There's also a water park if, if you so choose. The um, real reason that Andrew wants to go. No, I didn't include the water park, but... Oh. I thought that might sell it more for you. Um, no, I'm very interested in the in the theme park itself. There's 45 restaurants in this theme park, which seems like a lot. I don't know how no. they're I don't know how they're staying profitable if that's the case. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on here. I, I think it's a pretty big destination for Europeans, and uh, yeah, it just looks interesting and i'm always interested in in how these places fit into a country or city's culture in some cases so um yeah it looks well they even have like a a ball that's similar to epcot in in one of these pictures um so yeah i i would like to go check it out um again the black forest is probably more like, hey, I went and saw the Black Forest instead of a, a German theme park. But right. um, but I'm making the itinerary here. So. <laughs> You're uh, boss. Yeah. So this one looked really interesting that the prices aren't that bad. And, and yeah, I'd like to go okay. check it out. Would you have like a like a, a bucket list of like a theme park in every country that you'd you'd ever want to like cross off? Not every country, but I do every continent. Okay. Yeah. Um, the this uh, this would be probably my third highest pick in Europe, behind hmm. Disneyland Paris, and I'll have the name for it, and I'll have the other name for the other one for you in just a second. Okay. Um, the like South America, Africa, and Australia. I'm not quite as clear on their theme park situation. Um, but but I'm sure there's some stuff. So yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah. it does look like a lot of fun. I still don't understand how they have over forty restaurants. Yeah, that just this seems so big. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Now there's a theme park in the the Netherlands called uh, Eft- Efteling um, that actually was built before Disneyland. Um, so. Wow. Yeah, I would like to go there. There's okay. also Tivoli Gardens, which is pretty famous as well. But mm. but those would be my, my top picks in Europe. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've done it again, sir. A whole country in five days. <sighs> you got to stop you, me from doing this. You exhausted. I never I forced you to. No, I, I, I'm not saying you forced me. I'm saying you gotta stop me. You know I get over my skis on these. Uh, yeah, well. 
But you did a great job. I also did it in like an hour, which might be a record for me. Yeah. Well, and you also, there were several days where you only listed like three I or four down. days. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really. <laughs> that first day really incredible. threw me. So, yeah. That was, um, it's a lot the first day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. You're just going to end up crying in a corner in a puddle, but. Um, but it's good. It's really, really good. And I think in a way it's good. You kind of do that stuff. You have a day, right? Where you take it in. And then from there it gets a bit light and that's how and food. And that's how I like to do it. I'm curious what other people prefer. Um, yeah. Because I, I see the validity of like spreading those things out too. Mm. But I, I think I, I think I like to do most of the the heavy stuff in one day unless unless i start to feel really just crappy and then and then i'll change change things up but but well um, and that's that's a good thing to remember too right is like as you travel like you're allowed to be flexible you're allowed to make an itinerary and then change your mind like it's all part of the deal i think i'm pretty good at well you say go like cry in a corner like no i'll just cry at the exhibit and openly and so yeah. I, I think I can get it out in a fairly healthy way. I might not, mm-hmm. depending who I'm with, I might not really enjoy letting everyone see me cry. But for the most part, I don't really care. Um, yeah. So so maybe that's why I prefer the the one all in one day tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, fantastic. Do you want to tease where you're going? We are going someplace a little bit closer to home for myself. Uh, airfare better not be $2,400. <laughs> um, we are hopping over to Australia. We're going to go to Gold Coast. Cool. Which, for a long time, I didn't really know if that was just, like, Gold Coast, like, West Coast. Like, I didn't really know if it was, like, a big area or if it was, like, an actual city. Um, so stay tuned, and I'll tell you. I am excited to find out. Yeah. It's going to be um it's going to be another beach vacation which I know I do those a lot, but I do want to plan an itinerary that's someplace that I could actually go to. Yes. And not have it be like a ginormous trip. I I I like the idea of spending more time in Australia. And this is one of the places I could go to that's it's not very far away. So, could actually maybe get there and you know, in a year or two or three. So yeah. that's exciting. That is exciting. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Thank you. I'm excited to hear all about it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we got that coming up. And then we have other episodes in the works that We've we're both excited about. Plans and schemes and so many guests schemes. and thank more you. schemes. and. Thank you for those that listen to the Serial Draft. Who are you? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just... Email any any questions you have about uh, really anything. We'd we'd love to answer any of your life questions. <laughs> uh, to to me at gmail.com. Please follow, subscribe, uh, rate the podcast, and uh, and we'll be back next week talking about the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. We have right. a we have a butler there with the Gold Gold Coast. Um, I don't know. I don't know if um, our butler will be on vacation. Hmm. Uh, maybe the butler will like be on vacation to the Gold Coast, and we'll just like bump into him. Oh, that's nice. Butler needs a break too, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mr. it's Butler. important. Yeah. Mr. Butler. Great. Okay, good. Well, thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.